Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Okay, we're here. We're live. Wow. Mystery of Parenthood. All right. How was open that? door? Call, is open door. Anybody wants to come in and ask a question, that's fine. Yeah, I, we've I, got a we've got a. It's a yeah. It's a open, open house ha- today open for house, our so Immaculata Society members. All right. So as people um, want to have any questions, I th- speaking of questions, uh, and that's going to be kind of the the jumping off point here and I think it's important for parents to do this but let's uh let's go ahead and begin with our prayer okay all right in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit amen Lord God from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name Father you are love and life through your Son Jesus Christ born of woman and through the Holy Spirit the fountain of divine charity grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Holy Family of Nazareth, pray, pray for, for us. us. St. John Paul II, pray, for, pray us. for us. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So it is wide open. So anybody feel wide free to open. Come I mean, <laughs> completely open. <laughs> completely We're open. Having an open house today <laughs> here at St. Mary's for our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society members. Those are the people that give every month uh, electronically to support the radio station in our operational. Um, costs and expenses and so we're having a little a little shindig for them we've got some refreshments we want you all you to come by awesome. um maybe record a prayer poke your head into the studio while we've got uh mr parent going on if you're here you can ask a question yeah if you're here or you make a ask, comment or whatever. make a comment whatever, whatever. stump <laughs> it's stump tray cash which is pretty easy uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um but we are so so grateful to all of you who support us here at Red Sea Catholic Radio with a monthly donation, a monthly gift from your hard-earned um, money. I know that some people who are members of the Recurring Gift Society are on fixed incomes, yeah, and they still give generously of themselves. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And we know we have a lot of Recurring Gift Society members, Immaculata members up in Waco, and that you can't be here with us physically, but you're here with us in spirit, and this is for you as well. This kind of celebration and thank you. Um, what do you get with the recurring gift society membership besides an open house? Well, you get Red Good Sea question. Red Sea extras. Uh, we send out uh, extra bonus content from Roundup, from Mystery of Parenthood sometimes um, that uh, give you a little extra additional. Teaching, reflection, conversation um, on all things uh, Catholic to help you strengthen you in your faith and to to build you up. Uh, you get a quarterly newsletter, and you get these uh, hopefully more of these kind of fun occasions and get-togethers uh, where you get to give input directly on what we do here and really make your your voice known with your radio station. It's your radio station. Um, it's, it doesn't belong, it doesn't belong to us. And we want to know what you think and we want to be a good voice for you, uh, to help you in your faith, strengthen you in your faith. So please, if you are an Immaculata Society member, 
please come on by to the open house today from 10 until 7 p.m. here at St. Mary's in College Station. Dennis and I will be here uh, to shake your hand and to greet you with a friendly face and to hear what you have to say because we really, really value you and we thank you for your support. So with that said, Trey, yes, Mr. Parenthood Open yeah. Door Session. Yes, Open Door Session. What do we session. got on tap? We're going to start with, I mean, you sent a text yesterday, I guess, regarding a question that Michael had had asked. And I think first I'd like to just talk about the fact that well, number one, the question was outstanding. The the thank you. The situation that that you that you're put in, I think many parents come across at least intermittently. <laughs> if they've tried to raise in faith, in the faith, there are going to be questions that come up as they um, grow up and and begin to you know start think about what why are things the way that they are. And we as parents need to do one thing. Number one, encourage those questions no matter what. And 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 then when you receive a question, and this one would would and probably will take some time to uh to get through mm-hmm. in terms of being able to answer. It's not a quick answer. But I but I, what I wanted to do is say it we don't we want to encourage our kids to ask questions. We want we want and even tough questions. No matter whether you have zero training in theology or not, you still want to. And the way we ought to receive it is particularly if, you know, sometimes they'll, I mean, at least in my case, they'll, they'll ask it at a inopportune moment. moment. Like it may come up. Yeah, this is inopportune. You know what I mean? Just, just, at a, just at a time where, and so <laughs> you, you don't want to dismiss it. You want you want to be able to because because particularly that one I mean the, the the right response and I'm sure it was yours was man that's a great question that's a really tough question that's a question we need to talk about but I'm not, I'm not putting words in your mouth but I'm I'm assuming and this is what I would encourage great question why don't we set some time and maybe let's go look because it's not an easy question to answer um, because what you don't want to do. Because I'll, I mean, I, I've, I remember multiple times when the question was asked, and it's like, I don't, we can't say, I mean, we have to talk about this. This is not a yes, no yeah. answer. Um, and sometimes because of the inopportune, you know, the inopportune moment, the answer is, oh, just we'll talk about that later. And, and you can say that, but I think you've got to preface that with a great question. We really need to talk about it. It's a question that we all need to have an answer for. But now there's not enough time to talk about it. So let's go look at it. Maybe you can go look in your catechism. I'll go look in my catechism. We'll pray about it, and then maybe we can get together and spend 30 minutes. But I I see those questions when they come up as the Holy Spirit working in the child. I, I, I do. When a question like that comes up, I – the first thing that goes off in, in my mind, other than why are you asking that question now? You know? Right, right. <laughs> it is is the Holy Spirit's moving because that question came from somewhere, and there was something going on in their mind and and in the Holy Spirit that's trying to get something <laughs> across to the child at that time, or and always recognize that if a child asks that of you, that God is probably asking you. <laughs> As a parent, oh, that's a good to, to take to take too. the to take the time. So, we've always said the mystery of parenthood: God's at work in and through the sacrament. So, when something comes up like that, recognize that it's more than just you and the child, more than you and your wife and the child, more than you and wife and the child and siblings. God's at work in that thing, and recognize that as okay. This is probably a question we need to talk about for whatever reason. At a minimum, the Holy Spirit has tweaked the child to where they've come up with that question. And kids will come up with really good, maybe they may not word it like a theologian. <laughs> they may not word it like that. But, I mean, young children can come up with outstanding questions that really accurately reflect the the 2,000-year experience of the church where these questions have been asked before. They're They're not... <laughs> They're not new, 
And they do reveal, and the answer to the question reveals more deeply both a knowing of who God is and who we are, but also a, a revelation of God's love when we study it through. So it's a great opportunity for evangelization. It's a great opportunity to say, hey, let's take 30 minutes. I mean, but if you're going to say that, then take 30 minutes and sit down with the, with the kid. Show them that, hey, maybe I don't, I don't have the answer, not, not, not at my fingertips, but that's a question that I know that's been asked before. Um, so you're, you know, again, you can connect the dots for them and say that, that means great. The Holy Spirit's at working in you. You're, you're being prompted to ask a question that's been asked for millennia. Um, so you're in good company and, and you're challenging me and that's great. That's the way it's supposed to work. So anyway, bottom line is I think it's important for us to sometimes take questions and recognize that's God's working in and through those questions in the child and in your life as a parent and in your family, and that you can model how do you respond to a good question? Because lots of times you can get defensive, particularly as a parent or as a Catholic, you can get asked a question that sounds challenging, and the response probably shouldn't be you know dismissive. It probably shouldn't be harsh. It should be, that's a really good question, right. and I don't really know I know I can think of some answers to it, but I don't really know the fullness of it, but I know that the church has an answer for that. That happens, that's a, that's more, instead of a penny, that's more like a quarter you know, being pitched into the child because, because now you're getting into kind of substance. Not that, it, not that everything's substance, but in terms of theological substance that, that actually flows into what does it mean to be human? So those are great opportunities to do it. And, and, you didn't have to, again, this is like that, you know, Deuteronomy 6, we've always talked about, you know, is as, we, as you walk along, Moses says, as you walk along, as you sit down, as you stand, be talking with your children. Well, what that means is listen to what's going on in their heart and don't slam that door shut because you always want them to be, hey, I can ask dad or hey, I can ask mom um, about this. And I'd never have to be afraid to ask that question. Um, and so they open the heart, and this is one of those. You're walking along, a great question comes out. Maybe it seems like left field to you. God's at work, and so we do it. So I, I think that today we're going to start with his question. I have a feeling that that may take the, <laughs> the entirety of it, but I did want to preface it by saying, as parents, we should be on the lookout for God to be moving in our children, if we're doing anything with regard to the faith and teaching them, and, and they're, even if they're not, remember, if they've been baptized, I always tell parents, if they've been baptized, the Holy Spirit is in them. So there are going to be things that the, yeah. even as a young child, the Holy Spirit can prompt. And you don't want to quench the Holy Spirit, and you want to recognize that that question, because you may go, wow, what the hell, the heck did they come up with that question? Um. So I think it's really important that that we kind of have the antennas up and our eyes open, and you know most most of the time the questions are going to be what's for lunch? I don't like peanut butter and jelly. Why do I have to have that <laughs> instead of a hamburger for lunch? Those are the usual questions, but every once in a while they will ask a question that has um, a a deeper meaning. Not that peanut butter and jelly or you know, a hamburger is not a reasonable question, but um, we're talking about more depth of and more opportunity to grow as a parent. So just have your antennas up. Always respond. The easiest response is, great question. I don't know. Let's go look for it, and let's look for it together. Um, and that, again, is modeling that. And then make sure that you sit down and talk with them through it. So anyway, you want to... So we were sitting at the island in the kitchen, and it was about nine, 9 o'clock at night on Sunday. Right, right before. <laughs> and we had uh, one child who's sick and another one who was maybe developing pink eye. And I'm not really sure how we, what the context was for him asking this question. But anyway, that was kind of the the setting of the which of happens family in many time. many families. Just right. 
kind of hanging out. It's like the end of the day. We're getting ready to, you know, launch off into the week. And it's it's kind of like time for him to go to bed. bed. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, um, where do dogs go after they die? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He says, he says, um, why did God make humans to live on the earth why not just why not just make us to live in in heaven from the very beginning from the from the get go and you know i heard that question and i thought okay wow i mean that is a completely legitimate question Absolutely. i've asked that question myself many times in my in my life or, or variations on that question of it's kind of you know why do we have to go through all this struggle and yes and pain and I think he was responding to um, maybe something earlier in the day where or maybe some correction earlier in the day and just kind of reflecting on man I keep making the same mistakes right. or it really stinks when I when I mess up I don't enjoy messing up and I don't ha- and I don't really enjoy having to go through the process of learning how to how to be the best version of myself. Right. For, for you to use one phrase, um, and so I I said that's a fantastic question. That's a that, that's a question you're going to plumb the depths of your whole life. You're going to return to that question many times in different forms, but you're right. going to be asking that question again. So it's good that you're asking it and i think when you're having a conversation about an important topic first premises are very important where you where you start the argument from or where you start the conversation from is very determinative of how it's going to unfold so what i came up with what in that moment was I started it at that, okay, God is love. Like, we got to, let's start there that God is love. Always a good place to start. And love is generative. Love creates. One of the things that is a a characteristic of love is that that it creates. And so then I went off to talk about... um, So God in His his love creates... Let un let creation unfold, right? And creation is this stuff of matter, and so there's the you know there's the natural world and there's the uh, animal order that's uh, living. It's it's inanimate and 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 uh, animate matter, um, and human beings are the pinnacle of of that creation right. and what makes them unique and special is that they are this combination of matter mm-hmm. and spirit because we're we know that we're made in the image and likeness of God we have his breath within us we have his intelligence we have we have the word you know, we right. we have um, rationality, right? Um, and so we're this fusion of matter and spirit, um, and we're this sort sort of linchpin in between the created order of matter below us, and then the spiritual creation above us with with the angels, and absolutely um, shows over. That's it. He just answered. <laughs> <laughs> but I said one of the I said one of the qualities of matter it, and one of the qualities of the created order is that it exists in that it's finite. It exists in time and we we grow we kind of grow into ourselves as created beings. Right. Um, so, 
let me. I've been kind of going on for a while here, so let me stop there. How am I doing? No, I think so it's, I far? think it's great, and and I I mean I, I think starting with God is love is as good as it gets. I mean that's always that. So the question is 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 what is love? And um, we can we always need to be emphasizing what love is because particularly given the fact that the world misrepresents what love is and it cheapens it by uh, we even cheapen it just as a matter of <laughs> how we speak you know i love chocolate i love the aggies i love whatever right. that right. that right. kind of makes it where it's used across so to start with god is love that's that is great what came to my mind as not only as you were speaking but when i was saying like how would i answer that question um one of the things that is an extension off of that is the old Baltimore Catechism, you know, why did God create you um, to know, love, and serve him in this world? <laughs> and Be happy with him forever in the next. In the next. So, there's, so I think that that's, a, that's maybe a jumping off point, too. So how do we, if God is love, which he is, and we are meant to know, love, and serve this God who is love, if you start with just knowledge of what love is, um, I think it's important. Like you know, so how do we, how do we love another person, um, and so the beginning of that is is that we give ourselves to that person, which is what God has done. Um, to you know, we have to. They have to. God has to reveal Himself to us, and then we have to receive that revelation and then give it back to Him. And that's the that's the giving back that I think is that is at the center of what it means to be human and in His image is that we have a free will. You know, we have the ability to. The only way we can love, the only way we can stay in his image, the only way we can do that is, is we must have the ability to to not love, to choose not to <laughs> give ourselves back to him. Right. And so and that's the essence of why we do have suffering, is that that God is giving that and at at its heart is we withhold something that we should be giving back to God from him our obedience our trust our whatever it is 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 the beginning that's the that's the fall is the lack of trust in in god and, and giving it so you i mean there's so many different avenues you can you can go down with this and like you said i think it's a great answer is there's there's not a definitive answer why does god why doesn't god do that Part of the question is, is that you, that's a great question. Let's ask ourselves, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he just make us straight into heaven? I mean, that, that, why, what, what are some ways that you can think? I've talked with kids in my, in, in our house about, particularly as they got older, about the fact that sometimes as a parent, you have to encourage, push, guide a child towards doing something that's not something that they really want to do, but we know that by them doing it, they're going to be better on the other end. Not going to be easy, but I wouldn't be a good parent if I didn't help them um, by encouraging, asking them, maybe even demanding of them something that they don't really want to do. I'd be less of a parent. So if God is father and God is love and love means I want the best for my creation and I'm one of those creatures, then even in a hum from a human standpoint, it's possible to think of a situation where the person, the best thing for the person is something that the person does not want. <laughs> right. I mean, I think it, it's, it's pretty easy if you've lived any length of period of time to know that sometimes the best thing for the person is not what they want. For the kids, we always said, we talked about, hey, what about vaccinations? I mean, how many times did do you remember us bringing you to get vac vaccinated um, against certain dis potential diseases or whatever? And you looked at us like, Mom, Dad, I thought you loved us. You know, now this guy's sticking something that's causing, 
me great, great pain. pain. And I, I'm not going to get into there's there's I'm not going to get into whether that's the right thing or not. But but let's assume that vaccinating your child against certain things, which we always did, is is something that is in the best interest of the child. It causes pain. Sometimes the child is doesn't matter what you say. The child has to just accept it and go through it and trust that mom and dad know best. I think it's pretty easy to, even with a young child, to say sometimes the loving thing, sometimes the best thing for your growth or your protection is to go through something that you don't want to go through. When they get into athletics or dancing, you know, you, you, there's practices you don't want to go through. There's things you don't want to because <laughs> it hurts or whatever. But a good coach is going to push you through that because you know on the other side you're going to be better for it. And so I think that those are ways that you can maybe take something that they go and say, so just because they're suffering, just because you go through that does not necessarily mean that that's a bad thing. In this world, we tend to put suffering, especially nowadays, suffering at the pinnacle of there's nothing worse than that. <laughs> when in fact, that's not true. Um, because to run away from suffering often means that we will not be everything that we're supposed to be in and through that. So I think some of those examples are things that you can use with even relatively young children to help them know, you know, they're, they're, they're a little easier when they get older to, to say, you know, if you didn't have this vaccination, then you might have gotten this disease. And I know that you don't have no experience of that. And you may not even see anybody who has it. However, <laughs> it's better for you to have gone through this little suffering in order to be protected against what would be a great suffering. Um, does that make sense? I mean, that's one way mm -hmm. of, that's one way of kind of starting another way of starting off and that love, love does not mean to love someone does not mean that you protect them from all suffering. I mean, that, it doesn't mean that it what it what it means is you're going to do the right thing the best thing for the person and that me as a parent can see things better from our experience from our knowledge from our age if we've done well that knows more than the child well just extend that god knows god's you know way better parent than i am or or you are because he knows and he's in control of everything so while we are not in control of everything, and even though even though we do everything we can, we might end up with a a problem still. God is always going to be able to work through those things and suffer uh, and and allow suffering for the sake of our good. And that launches into what's evil. Evil is a lack of a good that's re that that's that's um, meant for us. It's a privation. Right. Well, God wants to fill that that evil and sometimes sometimes that he's given meaning to the fact that evil um exists it doesn't exist it's again it's an absence of something and because of evil suffering occurs but suffering is not the last word so to right. speak so let's let's back up to and you know michael's essentially asking why why is there a heaven right. why is there an earth why is there a spiritual order? Why is there a physical order? Yeah. And so let me read to you 293 in the Catechism. Scripture and tradition never cease to teach and celebrate this fundamental truth. The world was made for the glory of God. St. Bonaventure explains that God created all things, quote, not to increase his glory, but to show it forth and to communicate it, End quote. For God has no other reason for creating than his love and goodness. St. Bonaventure again. Oh, this is St. Thomas Aquinas. Creatures came into existence when the key of love opened his hand. The First Vatican Council explains, quote, This one true God of his own goodness and almighty power, not for increasing his own beatitude, 
nor for attaining his perfection, but in order to manifest this perfection through the benefits which he bestows on creatures with absolute freedom of counsel and from the beginning of time made out of nothing both orders of creatures, the spiritual and the corporeal, or the spiritual and the, the material. And I think what's really interesting about that, which I hadn't considered, and I didn't, I didn't quite explain this very well in my, in my answer, but it's God is being, right? He is I, you know, I am who am. He, he is being itself, and so if there's a there's a spiritual order and there's a material order, there's something there's something about both of those aspects that is um, necessary to to being right is that or or is if god is the wholeness of being the completeness of being um the fact that he created in both orders is saying that both of those are fundamental to to yeah, and I don't being like what being is. Yeah, no, you know, so it's interesting. I don't know why he did, he did both, but I, I will say this: extending off of, off of that is there is a sense in which, like you said, man, human beings are kind of the pinnacle because they bring together the the human and or the the matter and right. spirit in a in a way that's unlike any other creature right we're we are lower than angels but because we're not I mean, we have to deal with this matter <laughs> because we have to deal with this matter particularly in a fallen world because of our own choices we don't always see things as they really are a spirit will will see that they they don't have eyes that are going bad or <laughs> or you know legs that aren't working quite as well and we can't experience so um we're that unique thing, and 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 that's why you know that th- there's a great line in the Easter Vigil that you know, um, oh happy fault, you know what you know what caused the suffering is. I mean, the beginning of that is when Adam and Eve didn't trust God and and bought into the lie that that the devil was selling selling him that God would not you know d- would would always just want to be over them and thumb down on them and that they could be gods if they just disobeyed him on this, that they could be what God is. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's why we're where we, where we are. But the, the, the line is, oh, happy fault that, that, that had gained a savior so great as we have, you mm-hmm. know, but it's not the right words, but effectively it's saying that that's it. Because here's the difference is if you look in Colossians, for example, talking of Jesus, St. Paul, you know, says, speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For him, in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. And, you know, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, typically those are considered kind of levels of angels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. And I think that it's kind of starting to show that he's, so he's the head of the body, the church. The church includes us, and there's somehow he's created all these things, the visible and the invisible. And here's where you get down. You go down a little bit further, and through him, so for, I'm sorry, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. So the 15, this, that's Colossians 1, 15 through 20. And there you kind of get at least a peek into this idea that God is wanting to, he created all this, everything kind of, was damaged because we didn't listen or obey, but then 
Christ himself came to reconcile in himself, to himself, all things. So our, we believe that the matter that we have that's our bodies, that the, what we see here is a gift from God. Creation is a gift from God that is, while fallen, good. I mean, there's so. Do you see how perfect this question is? This question is, you really can talk about the entirety of what the good news is that we are so significant, we are so important to God, we are so loved by God that even when we make a bad choice, even when we decide, you know, initially that He Himself comes back and does something even greater than that original creation was thinking we've messed it up, the devil thinking he's he's totally devastated everything and God kind of coming back and going, no, you don't have any clue. I can, now it's even going to be better. I'm going to give meaning to suffering. Why? You know, the last line is making peace by the blood of the cross. So there's something about what happens on the cross that changes everything, that gives meaning to suffering, that says that there's something there. That's That's good news. The cross is good news, right. and that that there's something about us. I mean, I mean, goodness gracious, you can keep going because what do we say? This, if you if you keep in mind Colossians one fifteen through twenty, and then you go to Mass and you get to the great right before the great Amen. What do we say? Through Him, with Him, and in Him. And in him. All glory and honor. So what are we doing? We're giving glory to God, and by by what we're taking all the stuff our very selves, but everything that we've done in his name, everything that we have, everything that we are, we are, because our head is doing this, Jesus, who's the head of the church, is offering himself to God, and we're saying we offer ourselves together with him. So all the stuff, wherever I've been, what I've touched, who I've come in contact with, whatever I've given, whatever I've failed, whatever I've failed at, everything, I'm giving it all back to you. I am, in a sense, participating in this reconciliation of everything to God. You don't need a you don't need a course in miracles. You don't need you don't need any new age stuff. God has provided in and through what we believe as Christians, as Catholics, an amazing way to say, okay, suffering does happen, and it and it does hurt, but it is not meaningless. Not only is it not meaningless, it actually somehow has an impact on the entirety of creation. And that no matter how small we think we are, and we are, no matter how little things we might be doing, if we do it in union with the head of the church, in union with Jesus, we are somehow taking that invisible and the visible and plugging into that and then offering ourselves to God and then he's glorified in and through that. That's amazing stuff. I mean that's that is something to chew on. It's not like okay, I get that. It's something you have to keep going back to and recognize. But that's why a question like this is so great. You want you want what the church teaches and what God has revealed is not as simple as just a simple prayer. It's not a, it's just not a moment. It is something to be chewed on for, I think, eternity. Because, you know, Father Mitch Pacwa, who I had, used to say, you know, what do I think heaven's like? You know, do y'all like mysteries? Like, and you realize, what, you know, like a mystery show, and, and you're trying to figure out what's going on, and then all of a sudden you see it all, everything kind of comes into, it all works together. You know, like at the end, oh, that's why that happened, and this is who that is. And, and don't we like that? He goes, I think that's what heaven's going to be is just this unveiling of, oh, my gosh, how cool is that? You know, I mean, it's just going to be aha moment after aha moment that we'll never run out of. I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying that that, that Father Mitch gave that to me, and I was, I was like, that's a great explanation that God, because we can never plumb the fullness of who God is, we'll be able to see him and he'll be just continually revealing. It's not like, okay, I've got him. He's infinite. He's even, even when we die, he's not going to be graspable, you know, containable. So what is heaven? Heaven's going to be, it's not going to be boring. It's going to be, oh, now I get it. You know, 
oh, and then, oh, wow, I got that. And there's going to be God glorifying himself saying, hey, this all worked out. So no matter what bad thing is going on in the church, in our lives, in this moment or that, we have to trust that God is working all things together, you know, for the good and of those who he's called. That's right. You know, yeah. and, and so I think that it partly encouraging the child in this question to say, you've hit on a very important question. I mean, this question is literally you could spend the rest of your life and you might even spend part of heaven, maybe all of heaven, <laughs> plumbing the depths of this. And you're just going to go, how? I can see that. And, and you'll get glimpses of it here, but you'll get the fullness of it in heaven. And I think that maybe that's part of the answer. Why didn't he bring you to heaven? Because he wants, to see, wants you to see the whole thing from both sides so that you can appreciate heaven and also recognize that this isn't heaven. <laughs> um, that would be something that I think, as a good father, I could make sense of myself. I want you to know what you have. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I want you to see that it all is together. I am God. <laughs> you know, I mean, not, I mean, not me, but I'm saying I, I want God, if I was talking for God, I am God. See how I, I've worked all this out. Everything. Nothing has gone any way that I can't make it work out for good. And I just think that's, I mean, that's why questions like this are so important, not just for, for the child, but for, for the parent is because right. as you delve into it, you just see that you actually see that God's un you know, fathomable i mean it's 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 just it just keeps going it just it continues to extend and one answer leads to another question which leads to another answer which leads to another question and you spend the, the entirety of life that's why you you can get pretty exciting studying theology it's not you know <laughs> because it just keeps and that should be the way we're never grasping who god is we're just getting glimpses because Anytime we can grasp, you know, Augustine, I think, actually said, if, if, if you can, if you think you understand who God is and have got him in a body, that isn't him <laughs> because it's, he's so infinite. Right. And, and I would be, uh, I want to make sure that it, the time we have left, I get in that um, my wife, she, she made the point that living, living on earth gives us the opportunity to uh, have free will Absolutely. so that we can respond in love. And that, that's kind of the, what we kind of skipped over in the conversation with him was we didn't, we didn't get to this point that I think the catechism just revealed for me, which is that, okay, there's these two orders and the spiritual order, the angels are, um, they're created by God, but they have a will that is once they once they decide something they're set in that world right. they don't have a free will like we right. like we do because of how they exist um, outside of time. Well, they have a free will, but the but the decision. I mean, once they've made the decision, decision they don't have. They the, can't go they back. They don't go back. Yeah, they can't change their. They made a choice. Their, but their will. They're not going. If they're a good angel today, they're a good angel forever. Right. If they're a bad angel today, they're a bad angel forever. Right. So if they if they responded in the, in love that one time to at, at the beginning to God then that that, that was, decision for love they were locked is permanent in. whereas the the purely material order below us uh, doesn't have doesn't have a free will either because it operates just off of off of instinct right um, and so human beings are are this perfect um, fusion of the material right. and the spiritual that's kind of necessary for a God that's love to create a being that can respond in love. Right. That's, and, that's what's necessary for the creature to respond in love to the creator who is love. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that kind of goes. Am I saying that correctly? I think, oh, I, I, I think so. I, I, 
so that's to know love <laughs> and love is what you're saying now the next that's for us to love god we already know god loves us right so we have to have love requires a free response a, a free will right you know when when right when he works all things together you know right before that in 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 romans saint paul talks about you know neither principalities nor powers actually reflecting on some of these angels nothing you know even death can separate us from the love of god but father mitch says the one thing that is is noticeably missing is he doesn't list i can't separate myself from god in there all these other things bad good Everything that's been created separate from us cannot separate us from God, but we can, which means that our choice to love God has right. meaning. Right. And that's what, you know, faith is. That's what trust is. That's what love, hope is, is mm-hmm. trusting that there is a God who's revealed himself and is calling us to love. And love is eventually the the end all. That, you know, faith and hope go away when we when we die. I mean, we don't. We'll see God as He is. There's nothing more to hope for. We'll have realized our great longing to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. with Him forever. Mm-hmm. But love will last forever mm-hmm. because we'll be participating in that love. Mm-hmm. So we need to. He's asking us to experience that here. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is, is that's what the incarnation is. Look at the cross, Jesus. That's God and man, hundred percent God, hundred percent man. He's showing us what love looks like. Love is I'm willing to die for someone else. I, even if I don't deserve it, I'm willing to mm-hmm. suffer and die for the sake of somebody else. And he offers himself to us in through the church, the Eucharist, the sacraments, and he's asking us to, you know, join him on that cross. That's where, you know, Colossians 1.24 so important for Catholics to remember. I rejoice now in my sufferings, for I make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. Again, connecting back to this. We can do something for the sake of his body, not because God hasn't done everything, but because he has accomplished everything. And he's saying, the only thing that I need from you is for you, is for you to say, I love you back. Even if that means suffering, even if that means pain, that love is greater than all that. All that cannot separate us from God's love. And Jesus reveals man to himself. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friend, he says at the end. You know, he's, and then he goes out and, and does it. And so we're called to join him in that. And we can actually say with St. Paul that I can rejoice in my sufferings for the sake of his body, the church, only because the perfect offering was made. He's offering us the opportunity to be just like him, to just give ourselves away for the sake of others. Unfortunately, most of us won't have to die on a cross, but it can be doing the laundry when you don't want to do the laundry or making the bed. I mean, little crosses that, that are part of our deal. Yeah. So hey, can I go back to, yeah, go to can I go back to um pondering please. the angels a little bit just more? Yeah, please. So because they can see every I mean like they, they whatever can see they the see whole, they see it the way it the is. The whole deal. So if they're if they're really responding to right reason they're almost compelled to, to serve God because they see that he is he is perfect. He is right. he he is being itself. He is everything. So it's the the angel the bad angels let their pride, pride. overcome truth. Well a lot a lot of a lot of I think a, I think a lot of people say, and I don't think this is a teaching of the church, right. but I think it's reasonable to to say is that God said, hey, this is the choice. This is what I'm going to do, you know, and, and showed that to them. Mm-hmm. And part of that is I'm going to take a, uh, I'm going to go and become one of these creatures. I mean, I'm going to be God and I'm going to be man, but I'm going to be fully them. And you're going to have to recognize me as God, bow to me, serve me, 
in that in that body in that body in that humanity and the devil there's like well that's that's all nasty that's all bad stuff you know that you're all degrading just, that yourself. corrupt you're degrading yourself how dare you and so that those bad angels saying i'm not going to do that spirit's better spirit sees things as as it is i'm not i will not serve right which is the end and i think that's i i do think that there's some credence to that at right, least right and so whereas by living in time we we don't have that benefit and so we ha- we have to we're not responding because we we see that that's um right the we, right choice we're tr- we're trusting in uh the person right we're tr- and 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 I think and I think the thing is is that we as F- human faith beings, is an important component there god's always in the forever now right so right. i think all we have is now so i think the answer is is we've got to choose in every moment yeah that comes whatever that moment puts in front of us to say yes jesus i trust in you that's right. what's going on in church right now I mean, that's what's happening right now are we trusting and then in this now can i still say where else to whom else shall we go i mean that that's the ultimate thing i'm not going anywhere i'm with you right and so anyway I so think colossians right. 1 115 i think yeah just colossians 115 uh through 16 probably he is the image of the invisible god but anyway uh, thank you for bringing that question i think it's a great question we could probably do a year on this and never <laughs> fully plummet we won't do that to y'all but uh but anyway it's exciting but thank you michael for the question thank you for that and anyway always remember pray parent with a purpose and prepare for god to amaze you and and he will just like michael did us so and uh, we are amazed by our Immaculata yes. Recurring Gift Society members. Thank you for supporting Red Sea Catholic Radio. If you're not one, join. We love you. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. membership meeting on Saturday, September 15th at 9 a.m. in the St. Joseph Parish Activity Center after the 8.15